Hope everyone's having a fantastic day. We are back home in San Diego. We will be back very shortly. Again, we will be back very shortly in sunny LA. We'll be back on the streaming computer. But the San Diego Padres lose to the Atlanta Braves 5-2. to two, And that's two days in a row where the lacklustered offense has really come to hurt this team. How's everybody doing? My name's Born A.K. Hager. I hope everyone's having a great day. Just so you guys know, I am back home in San Diego, which is why I'm on the laptop, which is why I'm on StreamYard. So if the quality is a little bit shitty, let me know. If you guys don't know who I am, I talk about the San Diego Padres. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at the Hogwatch, TikTok Hogwatch, Instagram at the Hogwatch. Man, so this this hurts because this offense is starting to really look like it's 2021 self. Listen to this statistic, everybody, okay? Are you guys ready for this statistic? The Padres, in those two awesome wins, the 10-run outing and the 12-run outing, those are 22 combined runs. In the other eight games for the San Diego Padres, listen to this, in the other eight games for the San Diego Padres, they've combined for 23 runs. In addition to that, their starting pitching has been great eight out of the 10 games to start the year. With all of that being said, the San Diego Padres are five and five through the first 10 games of 2022. How is everybody doing? I hope everyone's having a great Saturday. Again, my name is Borna. AK Hog. We are streaming on YouTube. We are also streaming on Twitter for today's loss. And this one really hurts, right? Because this is a situation where we're continuously getting solid starting pitching. I mean, Nick Martinez wasn't fantastic, but he's putting the team in a situation to be successful. He always has been putting this team in a situation to be successful. We're going to take a look at this Padres roster from top to bottom because, man, it's not been great. I mean, Luke Voigt has had a pretty bad start. I don't know why he's swinging for the fences 24-7. Calm down. Make some contact. You don't need to swing for the fences 24-7, yet it seems like he's hell-bent on doing so, right? It seems like he always has been hell-bent on doing so. I'm trying to share my screen, but they're not letting me on Google Chrome. So I'm not going to be able to share my screen on today's stream as I'm trying this on a new laptop. But if you look at someone like Luke Voigt, right? Luke Voigt today, another 0 for 4 day, three strikeouts for Luke Voigt. Yet, for some reason, it feels as if he's feeling the pressure to get off the schneid. It feels as if he's getting the pressure to finally connect on a hanging breaking ball because he is swinging for the fences, Padres fans. Yet, just get a single Put the ball in play. You know, they have a good philosophy. I think it was Smoltzy or whoever's calling the game alongside, I don't even know, I was watching the national broadcast, is that in Kansas City, they have kind of a, a philosophy to swing for the fences at the beginning of the at-bats and then kind of, you know, try and just get the ball in play towards the end of the at-bats. But Luke Voigt, any pitch that's someone in the zone or looks like in the zone, he is swinging out of his shoes Padres fans like this guy is swinging out of his freaking shoes so you know that's something where it seems as if it's a little bit concerning where he is literally trying to connect on every single thing you know Cronenworth did not have a good day at the plate today Manny Machado guys breaking news is a human Manny Machado is a human um but I mean ADHD brings up a good point there's a there's a chance 
that Luke Voigt can just be a massive bust here. Like, there's a chance that he just may suck. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if there's a situation. I don't know, you know, what, what the deal is. But we're 10 games into the season, right? And this offense has been really awful besides two nights. Remember, listen to the statistic, right? Two nights into the season, out of the 10 games, this offense has combined for 22 runs. Now, on the other eight games, this offense has combined for 23 runs. That's not good. So you can automatically deduce that those two games were outliers. One of the games was against the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the other game was your home opener when there was excitement. Now, those other eight games, if you've scored 23 runs, that means that you're not even averaging three runs per game. You're not even averaging three runs per game in those eight other games. So, Potters fans, it's not good. This is this is not a good sight for eyes. This is not good to see. This is really, 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 really awful. Um, again, the Padres lose to the Atlanta Braves five to two. The team combined for four hits today and had one hit through the first five innings. If you guys don't know when I want to go live, also follow me on Instagram at the Hog Watch. I'm going to be creating a social media page very soon as well. I'm kind of showing you guys all my outlinings. Trent Grisham, one for three. Nola, one for four. Machado, 0 for four. Cronenworth, 0 for four. Voight, 0 for four. Three strikeouts from Voight. Hosmer, one for three. Profar, one for three. Matt Beatty. It's just this offense sucks, um, unfortunately. And they're going to be without Fernando Tatis Jr., who's going to be a big-time addition to that offense probably for another month. You know, I think the goal should be, Chad, is to just hover around 500, right? The goal should probably just be to hover around 500 until Tatis comes back, but I don't really know. So, Padres fans, listen, I told myself that I would be okay. I told myself I'd be okay if they got a series split. But what are our thoughts? Um what is our thoughts from today's game? You know, I didn't talk about last night's game. I went to Gore's debut. It was really fun. They lost. But what are your thoughts so far through the first 10 games about this offense and, and, and specifically today about this offense? It's, uh, man, it's it's not been good. It has not been good at all. I'll tell you that. It has not been good at all. Oh man, it's been, it's, it, this has been bad. This has been bad. Jerkson, Profar, and Trent Grisham hit solo home runs, home runs, but the Padres offense remains in a rut. 10 games in, they've played 500 baseball. And you know what the biggest concerning thing for me is? 10 games in. Here is, here's the biggest concern for me. All right. 10 games in is this they've got awesome starting pitching. Awesome starting pitching through the first 10 games. They've had two duds. They've had two. That's it. That's it. Yet they're 500. That is not good. Because what that goes to show you is that if this starting pitching comes back down to earth, which you saw it did today. I mean, Nick Martinez wasn't good. I mean, he allowed four runs through five. I mean, that's not awful. It's not good. But... 
I mean, it's one inning short and one earned run extra from a quality start. You got to expect more outings like that from someone like a Nick Martinez, from other people. And when you're down four to one, when you're down five to two, when you know that the lead is insurmountable to kind of overcome because you're down three over halfway through the game, that's how you know that there should be a concern. That's how you know that there should be a concern big time here. Now, that's not even to add that, you know, Abrams just doesn't look good. Looks like he needs to go to AAA. And and this offense, listen, we knew it would be bad. Did we know it was going to be this bad? Did we, Padres fans, did we know this offense was going to be this bad, number one? Number two, Padres fans, is it fair to now say we kind of know the identity of this offense? Now, we're only 10 games in, but my question is, is it fair to now say that we know the identity of this offense? That's my biggest question to y'all. Can we say that yet? Or is it still too early to say that? Now, let's talk about CJ. I mean, I, I think you guys bring up a good point that he's just not ready. Um, he had a great spring. You know, he, he, he even convinced me that he would be ready. But he's not ready to hit major league pitching right now. Um, he, he, he's got to go back to AAA. Um, and I, 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 I'm, really, I'm really sad that, that we've come to that point. Um, You've got to give him a few more starts. But the Padres organization is giving CJ every single ounce of opportunity to stay in the big leagues. They're literally benching Hassan Kim so CJ can prove them because CJ can prove the Padres right. But unfortunately, it's only 10 games, bro. But guys, when is your when is your evaluation period like start then? I want to ask you from a typical fandom perspective, from a typical organizational perspective, when can you start deducing and assuming trends by this baseball team? Is 10 games too early? Is 20 games fair enough? I mean, come on, guys. We've seen awful offense in eight out of these 10 games. Remember, I'm going to keep saying the statistic because it's so crazy to know, but this Padres offense has had 23 runs combined in eight games. The other two games were 22 runs combined in which they've won. Those are outliers. We know what this offense is. We know what this offense is, and I don't think they're good. I don't think they're good at all. At all. So that's that. 16 games is 10%. Okay. So, and it's unfortunate too, because this is a really good Padres team. Like this is a really good Padres team. You were able to see Trent Grisham go deep tonight. Um, the whole Kenley Jansen shit at the end was so annoying. I would show you guys my screen, but for some reason I can't. I'm doing this on a new laptop. So we're going to wait probably for the next stream again. We'll be back in my digs in Los Angeles tomorrow night. Uh, maybe I'll just do the stream over there. We'll see. But, I mean, it is what it is. This is who the offense is. 
and El Nino needs to return immediately. Thank God he's a fast healer. It looks like we can get El Nino probably at the end of May now, which is looking good. I mean, he's going to take swings, what I'm hearing, before May. He's going to start taking swings. He's already fielding balls. He's doing drills every day. It seems like he felt really bad. And that's just the risk. Now we got to worry about the shoulder. But again, I thought Nick Martinez was, you know, he pitched out of jams again. I thought his changeup looked great. With Nick Martinez specifically, Potters fans, and again, if you're new to the channel, I hope you subscribe. I hope you join the Hogwatch. We do daily post-game shows. Um, follow me on my social medias. Thank you guys so much for a thousand Twitter followers. We'll be back in my digs soon. But I think another big thing with Nick Martinez is the dude just has to stop throwing his fastball. I mean, his changeup is really good. And the Braves hitters couldn't do much against it. And then when he starts throwing the fastballs, when he starts getting punished. Um, no, we, he can't come back till July, I thought. Yes, but he's been, he's been way ahead of schedule, Troy. Another thing I do want to mention, another thing I want to mention is when you look at that uh, Manny Pena single in the th fourth inning to get the Braves up two to one, I don't understand what Austin Nola is doing from a sequencing perspective to Nick Martinez. You are trying to jam Manny Pena. You are trying to make him hit the ball to the left side of the field. You have him at a two-strike count. You have him at two outs. Why are you trying to throw an outside breaking ball? Why are you trying to throw a pitch to the outside of the plate that allows Manny Pena to hit the ball away from the shift? So I think the game plan also wasn't great. Whether that was a coaching thing, it seemed like that was an Austin Nola thing, right? So I also didn't think the game plan was that great from Nick Martinez and Austin Nola and the San Diego Padres today, not putting him in the best positions to be successful. I, I really do believe that. I don't think the team was putting them in the best position to be successful. Um, and, and that's tough. Now, what are our, let's talk about C.J. Abrams too, right? Let, let, let's talk about C.J. Abrams. I didn't think C.J. looked comfortable at the plate. When does it get to the point when does it get to the point when the team starts has to when the team has to start addressing what's going to go on with CJ Abrams? They are giving this kid, and I'm not bashing CJ. I wanted him to be called up um, because of what we were seeing from the offense in spring training, but I feel like we don't want to mess with him now, right? Because there's two sides to the story. One, how long can you continue to put CJ in the lineup? And two. Are you going to be messing with him mentally if you send him down? Because if you send down C.J. Abrams, now you're starting to screw him up here. Because he's like, fuck, I wasn't good enough. I have to go to El Paso. The biggest thing with young players and young player development is making sure they're okay up here. So it's a tough line. But what are your thoughts with C.J. Abrams? What are your honest thoughts with C.J. Abrams, his development, and how much longer you give him starts every single day? You saw what Hassan Kim provided for you last night in the Braves game. It wasn't just the RBI, but it was the superb, fantastic, immaculate defense that he saves runs with. My only biggest issue is I'm scared C.J. Abrams 
if they send him down, it's not great for him. It's not great for him up here, right? So again, everybody, welcome to the San Diego Padres Atlanta Braves postgame show. The Padres lose 5-2. to two. They lost their second straight game. The offense was a no-show yet again tonight. Another four-hit wonder. The stat I keep hammering home with is that in the 22 runs combined, the Padres had in the 10-run victory and the 12-run victory. In the other eight games... The Potters have only put up 23 runs. That's less than three runs a game, which has to be in the cellar. The slugging, I guess you got two solo home runs tonight, but you get the slugging when the games don't matter and when there's no Padres on base from Trent Grisham, surprisingly, and Jerickson Profar. Profar continues to slug. Besides Jerickson Profar, it ain't no really buddy else on the San Diego Padres. But I think you got to let CJ start every day through the Red Series. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, for the Atlanta Braves is their worst starting pitcher. Let me get the name. I think it's Ona or something. I don't want to butcher the name, but it's the brave starter who's been struggling the most. His name is Bryce. Is it Bryce Elder? Oh, maybe it is Bryce Elder. I thought it was an, I thought it was a different starter for the Braves tomorrow, but we got you Darvish going on the mound tomorrow, Sunday night baseball. They got to go ahead and get this victory and get the series split, right? Because this is the this is this is the split that we'll take. We, we don't love it, but if the Potters are able to split against the Braves, you go ahead against the Red season, which you got to win that series, and then you can get on a roll. Now they need to win tomorrow. Next, next, you know, no, 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 he hasn't been that good. Now. I want to hear if we can hear from Bob Melvin on the postgame show again, everybody. If you're new to the channel, I hope you subscribe, join the Hogwatch. Here's Bob Melvin. He's got an arsenal to, to work from if, you know, something's not working very well. Maybe not his best change up today, but, you know, he throws a cutter when he needs a ground ball or some sort of soft contact. And Do you guys hear that, by the way? Let me know. Um, you know, maybe not quite as crisp as last time, but again, we didn't give him much to, to work with. Speaking of change up, Steve Anderson, a pretty good change of him today. Your best opportunity, maybe early before he got it locked in? Yeah, you know, we hit some balls hard. You know, Nola had a couple. Um, we had a few balls hit hard, but, it, you know, we couldn't string any together. And that's, you know, you, you start to press a little bit when you do hit a ball hard. Like the stream as well, everybody. If you're new to the channel, I hope you subscribe and join the Hogwatch. We're hearing from Bob Melvin on the Padres Braves post game show. Um, Talk about overreactions, ADHD. Your voice is loud. Melvin is low. Your voice is loud, but Melvin is low. Hmm. See if I can tweak with that. And you go through six or seven at bats where you don't get much. Uh, you know, Pope hit a ball, BD hit a ball hard, AD hit a ball hard. So we, we just couldn't string anything together and put some pressure on him where one swing of the bat could, could get us back in the game. So last couple games, maybe just trying to press a little bit to try to do a little too much. Trent Christian, the amazing catch to rob the home yeah. run, and he got a home run himself. Something they could spark, maybe? I think so, yeah. And, you know, that the home run, stealing the home run, you know, brings the momentum back into your dugout. So, uh, you know, couldn't build upon it. But I think, you know, he saw the ball a little bit better today and drew a walk and had a hit, hit a home run, made a good play in center field. Hopefully it's something good to come for him. I know Anderson was sharper today, but after zero walks yesterday, Christian had the only one today. Is that part of the pressing, or what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think we're trying to do a little too much early in the count. We're, you know, we're in some first pitches that aren't strikes and doing the pitcher some favors at times to where, you know, especially for a guy that didn't have great command last time, 
you know, we kind of let them off the hook with some early, early counted bats where we're, we're making outs in the first couple of pitches and didn't have to work as hard as we would have liked. What have you liked about Jerickson's at-bats? Yeah, he's really been pretty consistent all year. You know, hits a home run and then hits one really good the next time up or the time after. Um, you know, right-handed, left-handed, he's off to a really good start. So he's putting together some consistent at-bats. With Luke right now, does it is it a timing thing? or what Question on Boyd. I think it's kind of, you know, what we're all kind of dealing with. Yeah, I think he's trying to get it all back at once. And, you know, he's a guy that, for the most part, stays in the big part of the park. It's about a right center field. And I think he's, he's trying to pull a little bit too much right now and, and get it all back at once as opposed to seeing some pitches, try to stay a big part of the diamond. Well, there you have it, everybody. There's Bob Melvin. Um, you know, a, a, a few interesting insights from Bob right there. Um, with Luke, He's trying to wait too hard. He's trying to pull the ball. He's trying to just crush the baseball. And, and, and we understand that. Um, Jerkson Profar has done everything that we've wanted him to do. Now, with Bob Melvin, you still have that tone that he's not too concerned. Again, the Padres are 5-5 five and five through their first 10 games of 2022. And my biggest note is that, listen, it could be worse. The goal should be... now. Let's say this, and I want to ask you guys this. Let's make the assumption that Fernando Tatis Jr. returns on June 1st. It's optimistic, but I would not be surprised considering his progression already. He's already got surgery well over a month ago. So I ask you this. If Fernando Tatis Jr. returns on June 1st, okay, and this San Diego Padres team is 25 and 25, 26 and 26, 25 and 26. They're around 500. Will you take it right now? Would you be satisfied right now if this team stayed at 500 until El Nino came back? I'm curious. I'm curious. Because this guy is going to change a lot, a lot for this team. But then the devil's advocate, the devil's advocate of this is the, the, the Padres only play the Dodgers once, everybody. The Padres only play the Dodgers once until July 1st, June 30th to be exact. But it's a weekend series next week at Petco Park. But that's it. They don't even see the Dodgers for like the first three months of the year, except one time. So, so you can say yes, but man, their schedule is actually on the lighter side until like that red series coming up, guys, you have the Dodgers on that Friday. That red series coming up is a must win two out of three must sweep. Ideally, like that is a must. So, the biggest concern to me so far has been the offense, of course, but on a deeper level, the Padres' record, even with starting pitching this good. They've had great starting pitching eight out of ten nights to start the year, yet this team is 500. This team is five freaking hundred. 
That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest takeaway to start the 2022 campaign. Now, again, I want to ask you guys this. Like the stream if you have not. Follow me on Instagram at the Hogwatch. I wish I could share my screen. I will be able to tomorrow. If not, I'll already be back in LA. But the biggest question now is this. What is your game number? What is your game amount where you're like, okay, we are X amount of games in, but now we can analyze this team. Is it still too early on in the season to start making takeaways from this Padre team? Whether you like to hear it or not, we're already like six, six and a half percent through the year. So when can you start making takeaways? When can you start analyzing things about this Padre team? Forty games is a lot. Forty games is a lot. It's still too early. But guys, but guys, this offense is something that needs to be monitored. This offense, I'm telling you guys, is concerning. It's very concerning right now. Um, and Albert makes the greatest point so far. He makes the greatest point so far. It's early, but we are reflecting expectations that we've already discussed. You could literally not have said it any better, Albert. Props to you. We are reflecting the expectations that we've already discussed. Bingo. We were concerned that's what's going to happen. My additional concern is that we've gotten such good starting pitching, yet we're 500. That's even a bigger concern. Some other concerns about this Padre team to me. Jake Cronenworth is not a concern to me. I know he's hitting 229. I think he'll be okay. Trent Grisham is a big concern to me right now. He made the great play robbing the home run, and he hit the home run. He's been awful to start the year nonetheless. Luke Voigt, at first I wasn't concerned because he was walking so much, but right now Luke Voigt cannot connect on anything. Luke Voigt cannot Luke Voigt cannot barrel anything. And he's seeing a lot of hanging breaking balls. I'm serious, guys. He has seen a lot of hanging breaking balls, a lot of hanging changeups, a lot of fastballs right in the zone, and he has not connected on one of them. And he's been in the lineup every single day. He's swinging too hard. He's at a 100% swing. Because for some reason, he wants to hit the ball 500 feet. But if you take him down, you go to Luke and my Birdar, Birdar should go to Luke Voigt today and be like, Luke, the first home run's going to come. Just take 10% off your swing. Go through the motions. Take a little bit off your swing. You already have 70 rated raw power. Take a little bit off your swing and just drive through the ball and connect. And I promise you it's going to leave the yard. He needs to shorten up his swing. He needs to pick up his bat speed and he needs to shorten it up and he needs to just take a little bit off his torque. He's literally swinging for LA. He is trying to hit the ball 700 feet. Take a deep breath, calm down, go through your mechanics and take a little off your swing. 
That's all he needs to do. That's all he needs to do. Exactly. He wants to hit the ball out of the damn stadium. Now with Jerks and Profar, I think it also goes to show you that he's had a great start to the year and he's hitting 269. <laughs> that means it's only going to go down from here. <laughs> oh, shit. Now, with Luke Voigt, it's not that he's swinging very late, Daniel. It's because he's swinging for the stars. His bat speed is very late. So it's looking like he's swinging late. His timing at the initial beginning of his swing is actually okay. But because he's swinging for the stars, his bat speed is slowing down because he's messing up with mechanics. Thus, he is now catching up later to the pitches, whether it's a breaking ball, whether it's a fastball. So... With him, he just needs to calm down because he feels the pressure. He knows that this team was lacking slugging, and he knew that he was brought to San Diego to do one thing, and that was to hit home runs. And he feels the pressure that he hasn't gotten his first one out the way because now he's on pace for 16 home runs, right? 10 games in, no home runs. He's on pace for zero, hypothetically, but he feels the pressure to deliver on just one, and it just is kind of that situation where I feel like when once he gets that first one out the way, he's going to be a lot better. He's not going to press as much. So, guys, someone like Trent Grisham, although this game didn't matter, although this game was already lost, it's really good to see him go deep. These are things you can pick up, so hopefully tomorrow they can explode on Sunday Night Baseball. The Padres just embarrass themselves, though, on national TV. Again, if you're new to the channel, I hope you subscribe. Join the Hogwatch on Instagram, the Hogwatch on Discord, the Hogwatch on Twitter. The Padres lose 5-2 to two to the Atlanta Braves. We are 5-5. Five and five. They've lost 2 out of 3 to start this series and need to salvage a split tomorrow night on Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, Kenley, I mean, Kenley gave him a lousy breaking ball. Um, Ian Anderson hung some change-ups. Yes, sir, Captain, like the stream. Again, everybody, because my graphics, quality, all of these things, we can't watch video. They're not as good. I will be back in L.A. tomorrow, Monday at the latest. So we'll be back to the OG stream setup. Hog, just want to point out that Suarez looked much better yesterday. If he has confidence, he could be really threat out of the bullpen. Yeah, he looked better yesterday. He still got in himself a little bit of a jam. I thought, I think Luis Garcia, if we want to talk about it yesterday real quick, I think Luis Garcia is going to be the future setup man for the San Diego Padres. Um, Pierce Johnson, you guys know where I sit on Pierce Johnson. I don't know why Bob Melvin loves Pierce Johnson so much. I've never been bullish on Pierce Johnson. Luis Garcia, guys, that's a 98-mile-per-hour sinker coming at you with insane amount of movement. Insane amount of movement. So I actually think I actually think someone like a Luis Garcia is going to be that eighth inning guy, and then seventh inning can be Pierce Johnson. But heck, I have more confidence in Steven Wilson right now. You know? So it is what it is. It is what it is. We got the off day coming up, too, on Thursday. I want to see if I can get a, a specific Padre on the show. Um, You know, Ha-Sung Kim, another no-start today. 
so Padre Chance, I asked you this earlier in the stream, and I want to ask you one more time. What is your leash for CJ Abrams? How much longer do you give the kid? How much longer do you give this kid? I I'm serious. One second. Because I want to give him as many opportunities as I can. I want to give him all the opportunities in the world, but I'm getting concerned, man. Is that 20 games total or is that 20 more games? Now, do you guys know, now this is important. This is important for you guys to know. The top hog of the night, okay? I'm actually doing a tally soon. I'm doing a tally soon where we're going to have a tally board where we can give you guys the top hog of the night. We're going to update it hopefully in a few in a few days where I can actually give you guys the top hog of the night. And we're actually going to like see, so, so, so I'll give you guys, I'm going to give you a quick thing what I'm working on right now. We're going to do a graphic of the top hog of the night and the hogwash of the night. If you're the top hog of the night, you get plus one. If you're the hogwash of the night, you're going to get minus one. Then there's going to be a score at the end of the column. We are going to have every single pottery player score. And at the end of the year, we're going to find out who had the highest score and who had the lowest score. The top hog of the night is Nabil Krismat. I mean, you could argue it was Trent Grisham. But Nabil Krizmat is an innings eater, and he's somebody that's been doing it all freaking year long. This guy is a stud. They need to. Ex this guy's so good. He eats innings and he doesn't allow runs. He literally is a num 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 innings eater. Krizmat is your top hog of the night because it, it is what it is. This shit needs to go notice, guys. When you're losing a game. You cannot overextend your bullpen. If you're in a close game like you are tomorrow night, maybe, this guy just eats up three innings. Nabil Krizmat is your top hog of the night. Nabil, congratulations on your first top hog award of the year. Again, hopefully by the end of next week, I will have, I will have, okay, a full chart showing every single player their score, their top hogs of the night, which is absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Now, Let's get to your hog wash of the night. It rhymes with doit. It rhymes with zoit. It rhymes with croit. His name is Luke motherfucking Voigt. 0 for 4, 3 strikeouts, poor quality at bats. His on-base percentage is still high because of his major league leading 8-9 walks, I believe, to start the year. But Luke Voigt doesn't look comfortable at the plate. He's pressing. He's overextending. Luke Voigt is your hog wash of the night. Now, everybody, I need to ask you because I didn't stream last night. Game nine was yesterday. Who was the top hog of the night in your opinion? The hog wash of the night was 100% Pierce Johnson. If we're looking at last night, I got to take a look at the box score because I was focused on the game and I need to update this tally chart so whenever it's ready for you. But the top hog of the night, it probably was Manny Machado again. Right, it, it it had to have been Manny Machado again. It, it was probably Machado because his defense and the three for four. 
Yeah, it was Machado. So we'll, we'll, we'll get those graphics to you guys shortly. Guys, I'm so excited. I also have some new sponsors joining the channel. I will be announcing very, very soon. I'm going to build a brand new social media page where you guys can see all my socials. I'm also going to build to be developing this top hog hogwash tally board of the night. So many new things coming out that I'm trying to get out to y'all. I got y'all. But again, the one biggest thing too was that Manny Machado always starts off slow. It's really nice to see Manny Machado get off to a hot start. But I hate to be the negative Nancy, but with all of these things being said, the Padres also just aren't winning enough baseball games. All of these things have been going well. The starting pitching has been going well. Machado started off well. Profar's going off well. The offense, it is what it is. Yet, this Padres team is 500. This Padres team is 500. Oh, don't give me that shit. It 100% is not Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore was solid last night. Five and a third, two runs. But let's be real, everybody. I don't want to be the bad guy here, but let's be real. The Braves were barreling up every single ball from Mackenzie Gore. We were getting very lucky with where the Braves were hitting those balls. So many Mackenzie Gore balls were being barreled up. He could not throw an off-speed pitch for a strike. He was relying on that fastball, and there you go. That Mackenzie Gore start could have been a lot worse than it was. He was getting barreled after barreled after barreled. But hey, I'm ADHD, and I go to Petco Park, and I watch Padres games, yet I think I'm going to go on my phone, twiddle my thumbs, and go in the Discord, because apparently I didn't even fucking watch shit from Mackenzie Gore. Watch the game, and don't stat read before you be insane in this chat again. Anyways, it was 100% Manny Machado. It's not even a debate. It's not even close. He was three for four. He played prolific, fantastic, immaculate defense. Mackenzie Gore was good. Mackenzie Gore was good. But it should have been a lot worse than it was. And he's the first one to tell you that he didn't have good off speed last night. He couldn't throw that slur for a strike. The changeup looked a little bit iffy. The fastball looked great. Hit 98 even. But if you are to say Mackenzie Gore was the top hog of the night, what I would do right now is I'd go into a mirror, I'd look at myself, and I'd be like, what the fuck am I saying? Anyways, again, the Padres lose 5-2 to two tonight. If you're new to the channel, I hope you subscribe. I hope you join the Hogwatch. I hope you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Hogwatch. Welcome to the postgame show. We heard from Bob Melvin. We heard from everybody else. The Padres now see themselves at 5-5. and Now, this is a game tomorrow. Of course, it's so early in the season. Of course, it's not a must-win game. But it would be really nice to go ahead and get that split. You go ahead and get that split. You go to 6-5. and Let's say you take 2 out of 3 from the Reds. You're now 8-6. and You're getting ready for this Dodger game where you can build some momentum. So this is right in their grasp, even without El Nino. If you win tomorrow and you take 2 out of 3 from the Reds, and I don't think the Padres even have to see Hunter Green who's the Reds' number like one prospect. He throws 100. He was a former double player that they converted. That's a situation. JD, JD, I'm really going to have to, you know, you're just saying shit now to elicit reactions. I mean, Bob Melvin is a three-time manager of the year. He's worked with nothing. This is the, stop it. Stop it, dude. Come on, man. Come on. What are you saying, man? 
Come on, man. Now, I want to add one more thing. I want to add one more thing. Is it just the Padres? I don't watch like a ton of baseball outside of this team. But dude, these umpires suck. All around. Why do the Padres just get awful crews every single day? The umpiring has been so awful. I mean, Doug Eddings, he wasn't even behind home plate, but messing up check swing calls today. The zone was so weird. The outside strike getting called all day today. Um, It's just like, you know, I'm a full proponent of the umpires staying, human umpires, because for the culture of the game, it's entertaining when they fuck it up. But when they're messing it up this much, I mean, come on. What are we doing? Now, Padres fans, I do want to ask you this. Let's say El Nino, Fernando Tetis Jr. comes back on game 51. Okay? Let's say he comes back for game 51. The Padres have played 50 games. Predict the Padres record for me in the chat. All of you guys, predict the Padres record through the first 50 games. I'm curious. I'm curious. Twenty three and twenty seven. Oh man, that would be bad. That would be bad. Yeah, this team would be in trouble. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> I don't think that's salvage. I mean, it's salvageable, but it's not great. Eighty six wins, says Daniel. Twenty seven and twenty three. Oh my god, we would we would all party. I mean, we would all party if that was their record through fifty. See, Nate. I mean, Nate. Like, I just. It's not realistic. I mean, look look who we are. It's not realistic. I don't think. You know, this is something that's re- this is something that I would take because remember, this is very important. And Albert makes a great point. The schedule is on the easier side with no Fernando. That is the one caveat to all of this. Then you have to start. Then you have to start playing the Dodgers a lot. But hopefully, El Nino is going to be back by then, which I'm pretty sure he will. But then we're going to have starting the problems with the subluxations. That's a whole nother debate. Sixteen and twenty-four. The question was fifty games. JD, Mike Clevenger. It's looking like next week. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they had Clevenger ready to go against the Dodgers. So now the question, everybody, is: Does Nick Martinez slide out of this rotation? Does Mackenzie Gore slide out of this rotation? What happens when Clevenger comes back? It seems like Blake Snell's going to be out for longer. So don't think about Blake Snell right now. But it's Mike Clevenger or, I mean, excuse me, it's Nick Martinez or Mackenzie Gore. Which one are the Padres going to pick? 
Are they going to move Nick Martinez to be a long reliever in the bullpen? It's Nick Martinez or Mackenzie Gore. Which one are the Padres going to pick? It's not what you want. It's what you think the team's going to pick. Now, I think they're going to lean Gore because of the left-handed starting pitching, but I also think that they need to see Gore have another start. I don't I don't see it. I don't think there's a way where Mackenzie Gore comes down, he comes to San Diego, and then he has one outing where he only allows two runs, even though it was shaky, and you don't give him another start. And think about this now. Gore pitched Friday. The team plays Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday. It seems like Gore can get that last start against the Reds. I don't think they want to throw out Gore against the Dodgers. Um, So I think he's going to get that last start against the Reds, right? Because you're going to have Darvish tomorrow. Then you're going to have Manaya on Monday. Then you're going to have Musgrove on Tuesday. So it's probably going to get Gore on Wednesday. Now, now what happens now if you Darvish has an awful start tomorrow? You're paying him 20 plus million dollars over the next two, three years. I mean, you you don't really have a choice. Um, you don't really have a choice with you, Darvish. Now, let's not overreact to Darvish. He had an awful outing in San Francisco. It was cold. He really relies on using the warm, the warm, the the, the hot temperature, sticky substance. I, I bet he wishes it was a day game. To, I mean, uh, sunscreen, rosin. I, I really want to give him the benefit of the doubt there. Maybe he's just a really awful cold weather pitcher. Um, because he was great in Arizona. So, I mean, it's against Arizona to be fair, but we'll see. We'll see. This may sound insane. It is cold in October, but if you continues like this, there's a real chance he gets dealt at the deadline. If Goran Clev look good, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's it's it's. It, I mean, if, if you sucks, I mean, you're not. He's going to be almost untradeable with the money. So unless another team thinks they can fix him, you know that that's going to be it for me, Padres fans. Today again, we'll have the longer streams. We'll have everything more set up when I'm back in my apartment, either tomorrow or Monday. Only three of our next 21 games after tomorrow are against expected playoff teams. So the pot, I'm going to tweet that out in a sec, Jeff. It, it, that's a great statistic, man. That's a great statistic I'll tweet out. Depressing loss today. Sunday night baseball tomorrow, everybody. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. It's been your boy, Hog, everybody. I'm signing out. Peace.